I'm Denise Densai, and here are the stories making headlines in the Philippines and across the globe. We begin with confusing statements from the Philippines' health chief, who initially claimed on Wednesday the country has, quote, successfully flattened the COVID-19 curve since April. Secretary Francisco Duque III makes that statement, even as the Philippines continues to record single-day new COVID infections by the thousand in the past week. The metrics for uh, saying, uh, arriving at that uh, conclusion, of flattening the curve is uh, actually uh, one, the case doubling time uh, of uh, the COVID-19 infection has uh, actually become longer. It uh, used to be, it used to have a very short case doubling time of about uh, 2.5 days during the uh, initial uh, phase of uh, the pandemic. Uh, the other metric, uh, to say that we've flattened the curve is uh, also the uh, mortality uh, doubling time has also uh, got longer and has now uh, uh, is and is now in the uh, moderate risk uh, classification this was able to uh, uh, provide us a window of opportunity to uh, improve and to increase uh, ramp up our health system's uh, capacity. Social media on fire following Duque's latest pronouncement. An hour later, Duque said he was referring to the epidemic curve in April, which has supposedly begun to flatten. The health secretary drew flack in May for saying the country was already in its second wave of coronavirus infections. He issued a clarification the following day. The Philippine government ruling out the possibility of further easing lockdown measures in Metro Manila. That's as President Duterte announces later on Wednesday the new quarantine classifications across the country. His spokesman, Hari Roque, adds other areas in the country are also going back under stricter lockdowns. The Philippine government draws flack over its new program called Oplan Kalinga, the new government's house-to-house -house search policy for COVID-19 patients. The National Union of People's Lawyers warns against the policy's possible privacy violations and its possible use to target those who have been vocal about their criticisms of the government. Rights Group Karapatan says these searches could lead to human rights violations similarly committed under the Duterte administration's drug war. The Commission on Human Rights, for its part, advises against the forcible entry and transfer of an individual to an isolation facility under the guise of health and safety. Oplan Kalinga, led by local government personnel along with police, aims to bring isolation facilities mild and asymptomatic COVID-19 patients who are unable to observe the government's home quarantine protocols. But the Duterte administration clarifies Philippine health workers, not policemen, will lead the house-to-house search and transfer of COVID-19 positive cases to quarantine facilities under the government's Oplan Kalinga program. Interior Chief Eduardo Año insists the police will only play a supporting role. He also dismisses fears over a military role in the effort. Justice Secretary Menardo Guevara, meanwhile, says the matter was not discussed with the interagency task force. Guevara adds village health workers are in the best position to conduct the search and identify the need to transfer anyone to a government quarantine facility. Malacanang, for its part, is defending the measure. 
There is a law which is um, RA 11-11332, which says that you have to report um, um, communicable diseases. No? Now, we prefer that um, the asymptomatics and the uh, mild cases voluntarily surrender and uh, confine themselves in isolation centers. We're enticing them with the fact that these are air-conditioned centers, free lodging, three meals uh, three times a day, and with free Wi-Fi, no? and with a graduation ceremony to boot no? after the 14-day quarantine period. No? So it's not as if they're going to be brought to, um, to the gulag and to the jails. No? The Quezon City government allows the citizens' arrest of health protocol violators as it tries to prevent a further spike in COVID-19 cases. Under the new memorandum released by Quezon City Mayor Joy Belmonte, authorities and private citizens can arrest those violating or attempting to violate COVID-related ordinances such as limited gatherings, social distancing, and the wearing of face masks in public places. Arrests can be carried out when an offense has just been committed and the arresting officer finds probable cause. Violators will be submitted to booking procedures at the police station and taken to the nearest government hospital for medical examination before a proper investigation can begin. Philippine Public Works Secretary Mark Villar tests positive for COVID-19. This comes just days after Villar took on the role of isolation czar for COVID-19. The Public Works Chief is involved in the construction of quarantine facilities nationwide. Defense Chief Delphine Lorenzana, for his part, says he did not contract COVID-19 after his aide was stricken with the respiratory illness. Lorenzana, who heads the government's pandemic policy implementing arm, earlier said he was on self-quarantine. COVID-19 news overseas, we go to Latin America, which now accounts for 60% of new COVID-19 cases and 64% of newly reported fatalities in the world. The Pan-American Health Organization says the number of deaths in climb is climbing in Brazil and Mexico. The body adds it is imperative that countries collaborate to ensure equal access to future COVID-19 medical treatments. In Brazil, protesters are calling for President Jair Bolsonaro's immediate impeachment. Bolsonaro has repeatedly downplayed the impact of the COVID-19 pandemic. Brazil has the second highest reported death tally in the world at almost 73,000. Global coronavirus cases are now at 13.3 million, according to the latest tally by Johns Hopkins University. Over 577,000 have died, while nearly 7.4 million have recovered. The U.S. remains the worst-hit country with 3.4 million cases. In other global news, a key organizer of primary elections for Hong Kong's pro-democracy camp steps down after Beijing said the vote may violate the new national security law. Former democracy lawmaker Oh Nok Hin explains withdrawal was the only choice he had to protect himself and others. The elections last weekend saw more than 610,000 people vote in what was widely seen as a symbolic protest against the security legislation imposed by Beijing. That poll, Beijing says, could amount to subversion, which is punishable under the new law with up to life in prison.
A new low in U.S.-China relations. U.S. President Trump ends Hong Kong's special trade status with Washington. This is part of the Trump administration's new sanctions over China for its crackdown in Hong Kong. Trump also passes a bill penalizing banks doing business with Chinese officials who enforce Beijing's controversial security law. I also signed an executive order ending U.S. preferential treatment for Hong Kong. Hong Kong will now be treated the same as mainland China. No special privileges, no special economic treatment, and no export of sensitive technologies. In addition to that, as you know, we're placing massive tariffs and have placed very large tariffs on China. First time that's ever happened to China. Billions of dollars have been paid to the United States, of which I've given quite a bit to the farmers and ranchers of our country because they were targeted. China, for its part, vows to impose relatory sanctions against U.S. entities in response to the law targeting banks. But Beijing did not reference Trump's executive order since signing their phase one trade deal back in January. Relations between the U.S. and China have deteriorated further, with Trump accusing Beijing of a coronavirus cover-up. Trade talks are currently stalled with no hopes of restarting before the U.S. November elections. The U.K. imposes a sweeping ban on embattled Chinese tech company Huawei. Back in January, Britain allowed Huawei to have a limited role in building the country's high-speed mobile networks. But now it says it has lost confidence on the firm, citing security concerns. Starting next year, telecom operators in the U.K. will be banned from doing business with Huawei. They were also given until 2027 to remove existing Huawei equipment from their networks. As for China, the U.K.'s decision over Huawei serves as a barometer of the safety of Chinese investments in the country. Beijing says the decision will give a glimpse on the business environment in the U.K. after its exit from the European Union. Back here at home, Philippine lawmakers thumbed down proposals to tax the barter of goods online. That's as the Trade and Industry Department says the practice paves the way for tax evasion. House Ways and Means Chairperson Joey Salceda, however, defends barter trade, calling it a valid transaction under the civil code. Salceda says taxes due from barter trade are not worth the enforcement and urges government to focus on plugging tax loopholes being exploited by big business. Senate President Pro Tempore Ralph Recto also criticizing the Trade Department for its position, which he says it should trade in for common sense and compassion for Filipinos who barter goods to survive the economic challenges of the pandemic. House Deputy Speaker El Rey Villafuerte files a resolution recommending the government's temporary use of ABS-CBN's former TV and radio frequencies to provide alternative distance learning to students in the coming school year. The resolution argues all possible delivery modes must be exhausted to keep students engaged amid the learning crisis caused by the pandemic. The resolution's filing comes as the Philippines' Education Department assures the public it is ready to start the coming school year in August. 
Malacanang insists that President Duterte was not referring to the Lopez family when he boasted about dismantling oligarchy in the Philippines. This, even though President Duterte on Monday tagged the Ayalas and Lopezes as the bedrock of oligarchy in the Philippines. The president's statement was contained in the unaired portion of his July 13 speech in Holosulu, an audio file of which was obtained by media. Roque says the president was referring to other family-owned businesses. I am not spinning. I am repeating what the president has said. And he takes pride in the fact that he was able to um, somehow uh, but, but who has he dismantled? I'm curious, by saying, uh, Secretary, when you said that he was referring to Lushotan and the water concessionaires, none of them are dismantled. Who has he dismantled? He was able to protect the public interest against a disadvantageous water concession agreement. The Lopez's have not been dismantled. They have other businesses. They have first gen. They're still a major player. They're the only player as far as uh, LNG is concerned. They are still active in uh, a real estate. They still have Rockwell. What they okay. lost is their ABS-CBN, and it's because they have no franchise. All right. One of the pillars of the Philippine entertainment industry speaks out on the denial of a new franchise to ABS-CBN. Megastar Sharon Cuneta is dismayed at how ABS-CBN's executives had to go through 12 hearings with some lawmakers disrespecting them only for the network's franchise bid to be denied in the end. The actress also shares the grief of the network's 11,000 workers who are at risk of losing their jobs. She now asks how these workers can find another job in the middle of a pandemic. Cuneta also lauds ABS-CBN boss Carlo Katigbak, saying she's proud to serve under him. We have this just in. Health Chief Francisco Duque admitting he made a mistake when he said the Philippines has flattened its COVID-19 curve. And those were the latest. I'm Denise Densai. For more updates, subscribe to the ANC YouTube channel, like us on Facebook, and follow us on Twitter.